0: You know, sorting records, yeah. Yeah, In oh dude, oh my god, garage.
1: Can you imagine if Gwen came to my house and started looking at my records? That'd be so great.
0: Oh, dude, she'd be so impressed. <laughs> 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 Seeing all that Engelbert Humperdinck record, all those Engelbert. Humperdinck See all my records? Lawrence Wilkes and everything. For yeah, sure. all, that, all that shit. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs>
1: she'd be so
2: impressed. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Missed the that initial hey. I was not prepared. I guess. If you missed it, then not I prepared. for sure
1: missed it because I was I always hey after you hey. Yes. Yes. So I yes, yes. I we, can't hear anything. We
0: both fucked up. That's what it was. I but didn't that's
1: fuck fine. up? I, well, I didn't do anything.
0: If I did, you did. If mm, I did, you did. No.
1: What are we talking about? Well,
0: I make the rules.
1: I make the rules. It is what it anyway,
0: is. Anyway, this is uh this is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week. We get into a different record from a different band and we break it down. We find out all the secrets about it and we let you in on those secrets and we try to have a good time doing it. Uh, If you didn't already know, my name is Tyler and way out there hundreds of miles away is Jeff. Uh, While you're listening, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, give us five stars on there. Uh, All the social media handles are at Asinine Radio and we have a Discord server. If you want to join that, hit us up. Uh, We'll send you the link and we have a phone number you can call. You could uh, leave us a voicemail and shoot us a text. And that phone number is 503 893 5307. Still get into that. Now, Jeff,
1: Mm. uh, what are we doing today? We are doing Gwen Stefani's Love Angel Music, baby. All right. I am not prepared. This is just a fucking disaster.
0: (laughs) I'll fix it in post. I'll fix it in post.
1: Absolutely. Uh huh. Uh, What are. What, what are you laughing about? <laughs> yeah, he's always like okay, f- <laughs> no, Jeff. No <laughs> Jeff.
0: <laughs> uh, what's your what's your origin story with uh the Gwen Stefani? So what do you got?
1: Go. I uh my origin story is for sure my mom. Like my mom listened to No Doubt. Wow. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, and the one of the first albums that I bought from the warehouse was Tragic Kingdom. I mean, I don't know how old I was, but it was like right when it came out or close to when it came out, I would think. And my yeah. mom's like, you should buy this. Like, this is a cool band. You'll like this. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm like eight, <laughs> but um, or however fuck old we were at the time. We were probably like seven, when eight, nine. Came out? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we were seven. We were seven when that album came yeah.
1: out. So I was like, okay. And uh, God, it's so weird to think like how much younger we listen to music. I guess like purchase music than kids mm-hmm. now do.
0: I think it's because, you know, streaming, it's all streaming now. So kids have access to everything instantly when we had to go buy records or buy CDs. And that was
1: dependent on what our parents would allow us to buy. But Kaylee's like eight. And I cannot imagine her listening to a CD or putting on any album <laughs> in its entirety. Yeah, yeah. And I remember like the, the little CD player that I had, like my mom gave it to me and it was just it was like the size of a basketball it was rounded and it looked stupid and you know you depress the (laughs) the button and the thing pops up and that's where you put the cd on i don't know it was was fucking dope but yeah like i bought tragic kingdom very very early on in my life because my mom told me i should listen to it because it was good and it was (laughs) it was super good it's fucking great yeah and i've just never i don't know never never shied away from it since so that's um that is my origin story
0: it's your origin story with the Gwen Stefani's with the Gwen all Stephanis. right my um my origin story was it wasn't as early on as you i mean well maybe it was cuz the first song i ever heard from them was don't or from no doubt was uh, don't speak and i mean as a kid i mean that, that that's a cool song and i don't i don't remember ever hearing the no doubt song again until i don't know maybe 97 98 when i've heard just a girl and It took me a long time to get into Tragic Kingdom and it wasn't until I started to kind of get into music in like 97, 98, like with the Offspring and I mean more so into Green Day and the Blink and everything that that I really went back and listened to No Doubt outside of Don't Speak. Uh, And then from there, you know, of course, it's like, you know, Return of Saturn comes out in 90, what, 99, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, just No Doubt has always just been kind of a staple in my My musical taste and I I got Tragic Kingdom probably sometime in the late 90s. I think it was 98 uh, when I got when I got Tragic Kingdom way after it came out, obviously. But I was a little late to the game. But also, you know, I was young. My mom didn't listen to this kind of music at all. It was all like, you know, 70s classic rock and country music. That's all my mom listened to. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, 90s, 90s music, especially like alternative or punk music. She was not listening to maybe some pop music here and there, but yeah, definitely not not anything punk related. So yeah, that that's kind of my origin story was was technically Tragic Kingdom, and uh, and all that. But Gwen Stefani as a solo artist, the first song I ever heard was "What You Waiting For," the first single from her first debut from her debut record in two thousand four, and I fucking love that song. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's a fucking bass. <laughs> that song is fucking. It's so good. And I remember after hearing, you know, um, Rock Steady. I hated Rock Steady. I hated that No Doubt record. I thought I. St- I mean, I haven't listened to it in at least fifteen years. I forgot to tell you listened to it this week. I know I should have listened. I, I really should have. It's, it's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. Okay. Yeah. I think I would I would appreciate it more now because I'm more into into two tone and ska and and a lot of the stuff that they were dance hall music that they were going with on that record. But you know, coming off of Return of Saturn, which had some of that and some pop stuff, I just I was not into it. I hated hella good, fucking hated that song. Um, but underneath it all, that was a fucking killer song. But anyway, um, yeah, that's my origin story with Gwen, and, and you said it was the same with you. It was that 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 particular single, that first single that she put out?
1: Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, this was like this was this was at the point now where we are playing music, we are actively like listening to old stuff and continue on with high school stuff. So we're like, we we got our ears to the ground. We, we, we know everything. We, we know everything. And when that one dropped, (laughs) God, I wish I wish we would have went to the show they did at the pond for this tour, the, the Harajuku girls tour, because MIA opened up for them or for her at the pond. But like, why would she not end the tour or start the tour in anaheim like that's what that's what should have happened which didn't happen it was like in the middle of the tour but i don't know i wish we would have went to it that show weird. but we were we we're at that age where we we're still kind of like too cool for this kind of pop music even though we both loved it but yeah <laughs> that's right
0: i think she had just got off the road with blink i think because or got got off the road with no doubt when they were uh when blink was opening up for them or when they were doing that go Headlining tour but I think that was like the year before and then she put this song out maybe like a few months after after that that tour, right? Yeah. When did we go? So. When did when was that? that was, was that the summer before our senior year?
1: Yeah, it had to have been.
0: Yeah, because which is crazy because then she put this record out in November of that same year. I know. So what, 4 months after that tour ended? That's crazy. That's a crazy fast to do after after going on a huge like touring cycle with no doubt with and then no break, you immediately put out a a solo
1: record, and it's that's fucking nuts. It's it's weird because like a lot of the things I read about why she even did this, she didn't even know. She just felt like I kind of want to do it. There's no there was no like real drive. There was no like somebody said something to her and that it forced her to do this because she she got it in her. It was, she just like I, I kind of just wanted to do it. It sounded fun. I don't know. Like that's, that's weird, right? it's weird, right? It is, yeah. Like you're already really in is. a successful band, and you decide like to go solo. Successful. Why? I don't know. Because I feel like it. <laughs> and what? then to do
0: something so different from No Doubt. I mean, this is this record is pure pop, like through and through pop, it's like '80s pop. Like it's yeah, very much with a little bit of '90s, a little bit of '90s thrown yeah, in there. Yeah,
1: very much like Madonna in here. Very much like Cindy Lauper. Like this is very very '80s pop driven.
0: Yeah, and she made a point like she she was always very inspired by Blondie because you know, Girlfriend too, girlfriended girl band, new wave punk band from the 70s and 80s. And it, it made me it made me think no doubt was was our Blondie for our generation or for that generation. Generation X, that was that was their Blondie. It I makes, like that. It, it's it it absolutely is. I like it's the that. same dynamic in a band. It's the same kind of alternative music that they're doing. It's fucking. It's so true.
1: I like that because but Blondie is fucking dope, and Blondie Dude, does not get talked yeah. about enough.
0: I agree. They're they're so underrated. It's it's insane. And they're insanely good. But yeah. uh, but before we get into what we waiting, wait, yeah, wait, what we, what, you what, waiting, waiting? what you waiting? What you what waiting, you what you waiting for? You Jesus you for? Jesus Christ! Let's get into Hollaback Girl. Let's okay. uh, since we already played it. Yeah, we already, played, we already it. played it. Let's get into that uh where does this sit for you because i mean obviously we have some bangers and some okay songs possibly some stinkers i don't know
1: i have no stinkers Uh, i do have i I do have okay songs but i have no stinkers okay
0: i have one stinker oh and then i have i have six bangers seven bangers yeah i I do have one stinker
1: i feel like your stinker could be luxurious
0: okay where does where does hollaback girl sit
1: for you because we have one b is it really? This, this song is fucking absolutely unreal. Serious? This is absolutely unreal. This song is so good. This is so good. There's so <laughs> many layers to this, and when you really get uh. into this song, it gets better and better and better.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> your 1B, I can't believe it's your 1B. Yeah. That that blows my fucking it's, mind. Honestly,
1: that's stupid to think it's not a top at least two for, for anybody. <laughs> this song is perfect in every way. It's It's... it's produced perfectly but why though, just, written perfectly just because it's why though so like this I'm, i mean just the stomping and clapping of the, of the so okay so let me go further back I, I had read that apparently courtney love was talking shit one day and called gwen like yeah. some type of cheerleader which i mean like she's never been she's been like peppy and she's always just but that's just because she's a fucking fantastic like front man like she's amazing at what she does
0: yeah, so 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 to Way say like so, so
1: to like like diminish her value, and and somehow say that that is because she's a cheerleader, which is also like making fun of cheerleaders. I don't know what that was, but Gwen kind of like she was like, "All right, fuck this shit." So she owned it, made this super dope, catchy song about being a kickass cheerleader, a better <laughs> cheerleader than Courtney Love could ever fucking be, and was like, "Yeah, Courtney Love's not good at anything. I'm super dumb. I mean, yeah, just, Courtney Love's the worst." The Except she David's she's Gavin Ross still for a minute, but that's kind of weird and stupid. Well, that, that was
0: another thing, too, was that she, she made, I guess, back in the day, she, uh, when, when Gwen and Gavin got together, she pretty much went out in the press and said, oh, yeah, I fucked him, or did, said something like crude, and it's just like, and completely unnecessary, Yeah, Courtney typical a, of Courtney Love.
1: Courtney Love's a shithead. She's a fucking shithead. She's, shit an asshole. she's yeah, a shithead, and idiot. she's just riding the coattails of somebody everybody else. else.
0: You know, it, whether it's Kurt Cobain, it's it's Billy Corgan, it's fucking, it's always yeah. somebody. She's the she worst. She never has a name for herself. Whole, they're terrible. They're fucking terrible.
1: So, so, so fucking like, given stupid. given that somebody like called Gwen out for being a cheerleader, which if you've ever watched any fucking video of their live shows from the No Doubt era, you'll know that it's not because she's a cheerleader. It's because she's really good at what she does. Yeah, she's a great front person. I guess That's it just great. so happens to coincide with mimicking a cheerleader in some capacity. I don't know. That's stupid. But, so she takes this song and makes a fucking cheer song out of it. And it's not just a cheer song. It is good. It, it Like I said, it layers nicely and it builds. There's parts, there are parts of the song that do-do-do-do-do-do-do that but do, 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 it starts off just like with clean guitar and then it builds yeah, onto yeah. like the brass and then the full band is getting behind it. So the song builds. It goes somewhere. It does something. This is such a cool this is such a cool like, like response to some type of diss because it's like, yeah, you call me a cheerleader. We'll check it out. I can be a cheerleader and I'm really fucking good at it. So fuck you. <laughs> that's what this song is. And that's why it's so goddamn good.
0: It is a good fuck you. I will say that. It is, it is a good damn. fuck
1: you. And then the part, too, the, the part, words, cause I and then the it. part when she says, like, and in, another in, in one bites dust where it's like kind of like yeah. a throwaway line, you can hear like the tuba in the background play the dupe. Doo- <laughs> do, 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 do. And it's one line. It's I just never just noticed One that. throwaway fucking line, dude. I never noticed that. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so buried. You could barely hear it. But if you listen to it, because you're focused on Gwen saying, and then the one bites the dust, you hear the tube in yeah. the background, do, 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 as she says it, fucking oh, money. Shit, that's it rad. I never so noticed money. that. It is so money. Huh. That's okay. what I'm saying. This was produced by the Neptune. So, like, Pharrell had his hand in this. And uh, honestly, God, man, whenever, whenever the Neptunes produce anything, It's 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 at least good. It's at least good.
0: For the most part, it's it's gold. For the most part, it's
1: gold. And man, this is just like this song is just so simple, right? Just we're clapping here, we're clapping and stomping.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Man, this song is so good. (laughs) I can't, I can't even. I can't even. How is this your stinker? How is this your fucking stinker? You're being a this is this
0: this really is my stinker that I know because you're being silly. Because you're being a silly boy. I fucking hate this song. I fucking I hate yeah, it so much. Don't. I think it's you, so you, obnoxious. This
1: this is like this is I always make fun of you for trying to be a cool guy, but this is <laughs> the most egregious thing that you have ever done at trying so hard this to be a cool guy. Is this song is terrible,
0: man. It is it is so obnoxious. I get what she was doing and it was it was a cool clap back, but damn, it's a song I'd never want to listen to. I'd never want to listen to it. I think it's it's just it's purely obnoxious. I don't like cheer music. I grew up in a household with a lot of that. And I fucking hate it. It's so annoying. It's, uh, I I think if you grew up around it, you might understand. But, uh, dude, it's some terrible, terrible stuff. Going to cheer competitions and hearing this shit over and over again. Watching people do the same dance moves over and over again. It's, dude, I, I, she did a good job, honestly. Or the Neptunes did a, did a great job making a cheer song. But, it's still not a good song. Dude, and the video it's was really dope. Not. So you not. The video don't like, was cool. You probably didn't like bringing it on like the movie. The video. I, dude, I will. I hate the movie, but I've seen <laughs> that movie probably like maybe 40 times oh, because of my so sister. the so good. The movie is so it, good. It was, it was to the point where I was, it was kind of a dick move, but I was so tired. I was so sick of watching it because of my sister that I stole the DVD and I hid it somewhere and I said, I don't know what happened to it. And they never found it. <laughs> they ended up having to buy a new copy like a month later because they couldn't find the one I stole.
1: The movie is so good it's just it's, it's, it's oh, like dude. a it's like a cheerleading version of, of, of like the jets and the Sochas fighting like gang territory oh, it's dude, fucking it's cool I so, love it
0: I fucking hate it I fucking hate it you just you just got but, some
1: like bad blood with with just cheered things in general then I guess
0: i just I hate the song I hate the song but the video the video is great because I'm pretty sure the high school they went to was Loera high school which it's significant to you and I, at least. It looked um, like Laura, but... I'm pretty sure it's Laura, because that's where she went to high school.
1: Yeah, but I, I I, mean, just from the one thing that I read, it was it, it said it was not Laura. It was some school in LA, which I really wish it would have been Laura. Like, I've been to Laura dances, and I've been to that school a hundred times, and it yeah, looked like Laura, here. but like, I don't know, all these schools look the fucking same.
0: Yeah, true. But I thought, I thought like the the scenes where they're riding the car. I thought they filmed those in Anaheim,
1: but I guess I, not. I think those were like down some Main Street in L.A.
0: Oh, that's fucking stupid. Nah, that's lame. That's really dumb. But yeah, anyway, the the song is it's it's terrible. It's a stinker. It's an absolute fucking stinker.
1: That is absolutely wrong. You are <laughs> you could not. Listen, you honestly I, could not be more wrong about that.
0: I listened to it once this week, and then every time after that, I skipped it. Because it's that bad.
1: There are so many things that you've been wrong about on this pod, but I think this may be number <laughs> one. I'm actually going to add it to our 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 fucking our show what? notes. Our I'm going to add the stupid shit Tyler has been wrong about number one. And this is, <laughs> this is going to be it to our show notes. I'm adding it right now because this is <laughs> this is bad. Like this is really 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 bad. At you'll worst, you'll, you'll at get there worst, this is an okay song. At worst. But even then, uh,
0: no, even it's then. really not good, dude. I think you're. I think you're just you're brainwashed in some weird way, and um, you know it's fine. No, you'll, you're, you'll grow out of it. I guess you're
1: brainwashed. You're you're stuck in the past. of I grew up on cheer music and I hate it, therefore anything that is cheer related, I will not like.
0: But I never liked it at the beginning. I still don't like it. I think it's just stupid music. I don't.
1: I that's think that's what it's pop music is. Pop music I know. is stupid music.
0: And I love some stupid. I do love stupid pop music. You know this is like, a
1: deliberate attempt at making fun of stupid pop music, and she did it really well. And she made a good pop song out of it. The entire
0: record is like that, though, and the entire but, record is better than this song. But
1: nothing is this, this, this aggressively this egregious, condescending in like the pop realm. This is like the only <sighs> thing on this record that it's just like, like she's making fun of the genre.
0: True, but you can take it too far, and she took it too far with this song.
1: No, she didn't take it far enough.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, so lyrically, obviously, we, we we talked about that a bit. Uh, do we have anything else?
1: On, no, on we can the we can we can fucking move on from the, the stinker. I mean, because
0: there are some great songs, and you would agree, there are some Jesus other great Christ. songs. So we, we can we can move on. I
1: right. have like I think I have eight bangers.
0: Seven <laughs> or eight. That's Yeah. And this should not be one of them, but that's okay. This You'll is the this, this
1: one the B. This is the the biggest banger. Oh, boy, you say some. What is your what, what is your one B then? I swear to God, if it's fucking luxurious, I'm signing off. We're done. I'm done. <laughs> uh, it's
0: bubble pop electric.
1: Come on, of course dude. it is, because you like fucking that how that euro pop shit. How do you not love this song? What does this say for you? That's my three <laughs> <laughs> B.
0: You're the fucking worst, dude. So, I, so I forgot <laughs> it's fucking amazing. It's an amazing song. And I forgot how much she, uh, she kind of takes from the, the nineties Euro pop scene there, it, in this song. There's a couple other songs too, where she really draws from that whole scene. And there's a couple parts too, that remind me a, sh- a ton of aqua, uh, like vocally and stuff. Remind me a lot of aqua, but yeah, bubble pop electric. It is, it is the poppiest thing you could possibly think of. Like, the, like little like, bubble popping sounds in the song kind of modulated yeah. and, and, and weirded out See, like, but there's like, a really cool drum beat too
1: like program like that? Beat. you like the fact that this, this is a bubble gum pop song and it's called bubble yeah. pop and then she actually yeah. has noises of bubbles popping you like it's that it's so on the nose but then like the holla Bad girl thing bothers you so y- y- holla- you just because you're, I hate I don't, I don't what understand where you're to, I don't understand where you're I hate at. that
0: I I hate that stomping kind of thing, you know, the stomping and clap, clapping thing. I think it's so cheesy and so silly. I've never been into that. And that's what Hollaback Girl is. I, I, but this I, one is like more of like an actual pop song.
1: I actually tried rather to than find, like a chant. I tried to find how they recorded that because it sounds crisp. It sounds, the, the Hollaback part I'm talking about, I'm going backwards because mm-hmm. it sounds good and it actually sounds like they are stomp. they're having like a bunch of people stomp and clap in like an assembly at a school. Uh, like yeah, an auditorium or something. Me. That's what it sounds like. Because there's a little bit of like verb at the end of it, but it doesn't linger too long. It fades really, really quick. And I couldn't find of v- whether or not it was just all programmed and fake. Or if I mean, they actually had was. people do it. I don't know. It's we're talking the Neptunes here. We're not this is not just some fucking Joe Schmo producer. This is, but the, also this is the Neptunes.
0: This, <laughs> but I don't think the, the Neptunes really I don't think they really focus on like analog kind of organic sounds. I feel like they, they kinda manipulate Sounds current, like like already recorded sounds. I feel like they focus on interested.
1: quality. Quality is 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 yeah job yeah. number one with the Neptunes. Absolutely, and
0: but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be something organic and, and doesn't animal. have to
1: be. But if they're going to get it, that, that's that's silly to think <clears> that <throat> if they can get a better sound by doing this, they wouldn't explore that. They're too good. They're true, too good. Yeah, true. So so right. I, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've only done gold before this. And so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt thinking that if they could have made a better sound doing it organically, as you say, then they would have explored that avenue.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. And they probably had the budget to do it, too. I mean, Gwen was on top of the... I mean, no doubt we're on top of the world. Yeah, come on. Come on. I mean, and when you look at it, too, who was on this record? I mean, Dr. Dre produced a song. You know, there's Uh, like three or four songs with the Neptunes behind the board. Uh, co-writing as well i mean and then, and then there's it's, this it's girl that, I, that
1: that kept coming up that I, I i didn't know who it was so finally i clicked on her name and it's the girl who fucking the singer from four non blondes mm-hmm. i was like god damn that's that's also super dope like kind of like a passing of torch type of thing from i don't know because she's like highly respected in, in 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 the music world is the four non-blondes oh, yeah. being like a like a female fronted band just iconic great yeah, they stuff really are
0: and she was on, what, I think, three songs, and then Pharrell did or Neptune's did four songs. So I mean, yeah, it's it's a pretty eclectic record, and it's surprisingly cohesive. It, it nothing nothing really falls flat outside of maybe two songs for me, but yeah, it's, it's a it's a really good really good record, and a lot of um, really amazing pop songs. And I never th- realized that Gwen could put out, you know, quality pop music like this. It's it's insane. She she come she kind of like 360 would it and went from the ska alt rock to this. It's pretty fucking rad.
1: For pretty sure cuz like we we there's definitely some pop elements to like Return to Standard. There's there's yeah. songs on there that are definitely poppy, but like it's it's, not, it's nothing close to even the worst pop song on this album. Like it's nothing close. Like this is Yeah, yeah. This is impressive. This is an impressive venture. I,
0: I forgot how fucking great this record was until this week. It's been, it's been close to fifteen years since I listened to it last. Like when this yeah. record came out. Yeah, same. It's been so long, and I liked it back then. I never had any issues with it back then, but I just know I don't know. I never went back to it, and damn dude, this is a good record. Uh, also, uh, bubble pop electric. I mean, I don't know how often you go on TikTok, but there, this part of this song went vir- has been vir- gone viral on tiktok in like the last six months No, I yeah dude, TikTok this all is the a time. fucking killer song are you really no yeah you fucking idiot you're stupid i don't even have a um, tiktok because i'm a cool guy oh well, yeah see there we go you make fun of me but that's fine um <laughs> yeah bubble pop electric Let, let's play a little bit of it we'll get into the lyrics a little uh, a bit and then who knows where we'll go from there so here it is from Gwen stefani come on johnny we- also, we we didn't mention, but uh, Andre 3000 is on this song as well. He does the uh, the man's voice picking her up on a date. <laughs> I love that. I love the little story that goes along with the song. <laughs> it's it's so wholesome, but then once you read the lyrics or hear the lyrics, it's like, wow, dude, this is very kind of
1: explicit. And
0: yeah, he just wants to get laid. This <laughs> that's all it is.
1: Straight sexual. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's but it's it's it's. <laughs> It's in, like, a fun way. It's in a fun, kind of, like, cute way. Much of, like, like you see 50s movies where they're kind of similar. Not quite as, as explicit and, and, and over-the-top as this is, but, you know, like a girl who's saying, Johnny, tonight's the night. Like, we all know what they're talking about. You know, it's yeah, fun. Yeah. So, it's it's kind of like a cool, a modern take on, like, an old tradition I think that's cool. And it's
0: kind of like a it's kind of like a role reversal too of of an old tradition where it's the girl being more forward and the girl, you know, dictating what's going to be happening, you know. Yeah. At, on on this particular night, which you know Gwen has always been a part of. She's always been, you know, very very much, you know, female empowerment or women empowerment, I whatever you want to call it. Um
1: and th- this song really shows it too, which is it's fucking rad. The Gwen's she's she's always just been She's I don't know, awesome, i am so confident, like, she's always been so fucking confident, and I yeah. think that's just, like, what's made her so popular with just all walks of life, and this album, too, because of its of its pop influence of some of the hip-hop elements, like, now we're transitioning from, from her just being popular with, like, Ska Kids now to some of the hip-hop culture, and some of, like, the dance culture and the pop realm, because... Above all else, like she's just so confident all the time, and mm-hmm. like you gotta like that, you gotta love that. It's so great. I I think it's awesome,
0: and uh also, fuck, what was I just gonna say?
1: Dude, like the bridge in this uh, part, a little back God, and forth. That's just her doing the back and forth. Cause she's the only singer, and then the bridge yeah. part here where she's going back and forth. Like it's so goddamn good. It's, it's so really good. Really good.
0: good. This song I love this song. this is, this is like a, this is a Beyond banger. Honestly, this, is, this song is a beyond banger.
1: It's not a Beyond banger no. Don't get crazy. This is don't get, don't get excited. Banger. It's not a Beyond banger.
0: This is a Beyond banger. "Hloback Girl is a stinker. And uh, what, what I also like uh, lyrically with this song, or with the two songs with Andre, with Andre 3000, is that they kind of they go hand in hand with one another. I don't know how much you want to talk about that other song because I don't think it's a
1: particularly good song. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't a uh, uh, a banger for me. No,
0: it's almost a stinker for me.
1: Oh, no, uh, come on, dude. I
0: fucking hate that last song. Why? I fucking hate. It. I just. I think it's a bad song. I think the beat's bad. I think the vocals are terrible. The way they layered. They layered the vocals on top of each other. I think it sounds it's fine. Bad. It's not catchy. It's. I'm not supposed to be only, catchy. The only good thing about that song is the lyrics, and. I think the lyrics with within that song and this particular song in is that, you know, this is like it's in like an interracial relationship and this is them going out on a date and then the other song, the last song, is them kinda taking a deeper dive into having into being into in inter- a interracial wow. relationship. That go. was a tough one. Interal, that was a tough one.
1: Interal. Interracial. Interal. <laughs> interal. <laughs> a lot of L's uh, <laughs>
0: There's a lot going on here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but yeah, I know it's talking about that and, and, and how it can how difficult it can be at times and how people treat couples differently because of, of just the race thing. and I like that that they kind of connected the two songs lyrically, like subtly connected the two songs because you know because Andre's on both of them, I, I like that a lot, but otherwise that last song just I don't I don't care about that song.
1: I, I I enjoy the last song. Um, it it is the most hip hop song on the album. I dig it. I like it. Yeah. yeah. No, it is for sure the most hip hop song on the album, and but I like, like it because barely. there's only like two songs that only have like two people on it, as far as writers and producers go. It's the long way or long way to go with Dre, and then uh, Crash that she did with Tony. Like there's only two songs that only have two people, Gwen and somebody else, as a writer and producer. Mm-hmm. And like I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. That's but like, cool. For, you know, like what? if you're going to use like Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech, that is, ooh, it's that ballsy. is ballsy. That is so Very ballsy. ballsy yeah. Like, god damn, you better make, you better make a pretty good song. <laughs> like, you better have a good message. And they, I, I think they, I think they did it. I don't think yeah, it, like I, I think said, so. like you said, I don't think it's a great song. It's an okay song for me. But to use Martin more Luther the King's lyrics. speech for sure, like you like you can't fuck this up. And mm. they did not fuck it up.
0: Yeah, not not lyrically. I, I like I said, lyrically I think it's a it's a solid song, but musically I think it falls so flat. I think I mean, I don't know.
1: It was supposed to be <laughs> a, a outcast song. But they they scrapped it and became a Gwen song. It was supposed to be on uh Dre's part of uh speakerbox, Love Below. Oh god. But we all know
0: how terrible that, that record is, or his his half of the record is.
1: Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's fucking so terrible. It's surprisingly bad. Yeah. And that's why Big Boy is the better of the two. Tell him. Oh, he's so much better. And
0: maybe, I honestly, I was thinking today, maybe I don't like this song so much because I came to that realization that Dre is not that great, and he is by far the worst part of Outcast. And it really kind of made me think back, and... There, Dre
1: doesn't do that many great things. He's, I mean, he's, is, he does a, is the, a great catchy song. He, he does the one thing great. He does like that that kind of that, like Heya is a perfect example. of That one, two, three, four, like that uh, yeah. that excited thing. He does that thing better than like most he can ever do. But that's it. That, that, that's like yeah. all he does. He can't. I mean, he's, can't he's, he's, he can't go fast. He sounds choppy. It sounds bad. Can't go slow. Can't sing. Can't act.
0: Well. In, in B.O.B., his, his rapping verse in B.O.B. is actually really good. So he can do it, but he chooses not to do it. I think what, what, I think when we talked about it, it was after the first record. He didn't want to really rap anymore. He wanted to make it more of like a soul, soulful thing. And he kind of took on that role, and then Big Boy continued on with just like the straightforward rapping.
1: B.O.B. like definitely like the best example of him doing something that's not what he normally does. Yeah, And the, and the only time he does it well.
0: I mean, really, the only time he, he had done it since the first record, because he really doesn't do it on on Aquemini, doesn't do it on on Atlians or anything like that.
1: Oh my God, I'm li- I I I, I want to listen to both those records tonight, <laughs> but I won't. I haven't listened to them since but I got them. I've oh. not listened to them since I got them.
0: Oh, but they're great records, great records. Okay,
1: all anyway. right, yeah, Bubblegum Pop anyway. is your uh, Bubblegum, Bubblegum Pop aqua pop that's your favorite song here okay
0: but you love this song too it's a yeah it's by 3b song. you know and and i kind of touched upon it earlier real quick the even though the drums are programmed they have like a really kind of urgency to them and i i always thought like how cool it would be to hear this song with a real drummer on it and a really cool drummer that could play this song super well would be john theodore like he kind of has that that fast shuffle kind of thing that he does especially with the hi-hat I think John Theodore could fucking kill the song on the drums, and if they had an actual drummer rather than program drums or a drum machine, do this song could be even better than it already is.
1: My favorite part of These this song sing. is the drum beat, and specifically in the chorus, there's a broken cymbal hit that like, goes in the chorus. Yeah, that he hits like the hi hat once, and then it like it stops, and then he hits it again, and it stops, and it's in like this weird pacing, and it's kind of just it's just, like off time, just by a hair yeah, yeah. i love that like, that's some my Mars favorite Volta part shit, of the song man. yeah some Mars no, Volta you're right that would be fucking super cool to have like a live drummer like this that was like they, when when i saw when 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 friend of the pod Ryan and i saw lmfao at Cal State fullerton they had a live that's band so play.
0: weird that's yeah. so fucking crazy that's so i cool, know
1: though. they had a live drummer they had a ah. guitarist a bass player a keyboard they played fucking they had a live band backing them and it was so amazing
0: that is so sick, so fucking sick.
1: Awesome stuff. Fucking goddamn it. So,
0: I I know you you don't really you probably don't know this this singer, but she's a Japanese singer named Utara Hikaru, and John Theodore played on one of her records back in two thousand three, uh, while he was still in the Mars Volta, and he played all the drums on the record, and his drumming on that record is almost is is a lot like the program drums in this particular song. And there's one song in particular. I'll, I'll I'll send it to you later after the pod. It's called Kremlin Dusk. Anybody out there listening, listen to Kremlin Dusk by her, and John Theodore plays drums on it. And his drums are so fucking amazing on this on this particular song. But he plays on the entire record. But yeah, go go check it out. It's fucking awesome. But I'll send Kremlin you Kremlin Dusk. <laughs> Kremlin Dusk, dude. It's it's a it's a fucking rad song. It's in English, but she normally sings in Japanese. But yeah, no, it's, it's a killer song. It actually, The song actually sounds like a Mars Volta song, but sung by her. It's super fucking weird, but you'll understand once you hear it. Anyway, back to this album. Um, let's, uh, let's get on to your, uh, your number two. What do you got? What's, what's your 2B?
1: That was your 1B, That was, your one that was B, my 1B. Right? Yeah, that's my 1B. Yeah. Uh, my 2B is What You Waiting For? That's my 2B as well. I don't give a fuck, dude. I don't care if I'm going to pick all the popular ones. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not scared <laughs> like fine. you are. Okay, I'm not scared. I'm not care. either. I am not either.
0: The song's fucking amazing. Like she she makes she makes such amazing singles. They're just it's, they're perfect.
1: This it's song, fucking perfect. The song is so good, dude. <laughs> I know. Like the way the way the album starts off is her on a piano and you think okay, mm-hmm. I mean just imagine you've never heard anything by Gwen Stefani the solo artist and you've only heard No Doubt. She starts off on the piano and it's a good melody. She so got a good voice and it's it's kind of reminiscent of like a don't speak type song from No Doubt. And you think, okay, like what the fuck? Where's she gonna go with this? I thought this was gonna be a pop thing. And it drops into that TikTok part. <laughs> yeah. It, like, it drops so hard. It's it so drops so hard. Yeah. And like the bass is super heavy and it's got that fuzz on it. And and I just I could not fucking believe how amazing this song is.
0: It's it's like you think this is gonna start out with like a ballad and this is gonna be like a ballad kind of solo record. It's almost disappointing, really, when yeah. you put it on. Yeah. But yeah, it it does drop extremely hard, and all she's saying is "tick tock, tick tock." And then there's like people speaking tick-tock. Japanese in the back room, ba- back room, background, and it's just it's it's chaos. This song is fucking chaos.
1: Take a chance, you stupid oh. Love singing
0: that. Oh. Shout out oh, every time. Oh, it's the O's after that part too that are just none of. There's nothing about the song that makes any fucking sense, but it's it's so it's so catchy and so amazing. I love it. I just love the cha- the chaotic nature of this rec- of this particular song. This one, um,
1: just a little background here, just because I was I was I was getting into some of this stuff. This was produced by somebody named Nellie Hooper. Mm-hmm. Don't really know anything much about her. Don't really yeah. care, but. There's two things of note that I thought was interesting. She scored the Romeo plus Juliet soundtrack. Oh, God. So, you know, we just talked about that, how much I love that. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then okay. something for you. She won a Grammy for the Smashing Pumpkin song, The End is the Beginning is the End.
0: Oh, from uh, Batman. Yeah. Batman Forever. Yeah. No shit. She oh, produced fuck. that song. Oh, dude, so, that song is so good. Well song for everybody there, baby. Yeah. <laughs> fucking shit, dude. That song is so fucking good. That song never made any of their records. It was only on that soundtrack. And really a quick quick little fact for all the vinyl people out there. Really the only people that buy the reissue of the of Batman Forever on vinyl is because of that Smashing Pumpkin song. Otherwise that soundtrack kinda sucks. But that's the song that everybody buys that (laughs) soundtrack for i
1: I don't even know what else is on the soundtrack but i i would not disagree with what you were saying (laughs) because
0: it was it was repressed for record store day last year i think it was maybe no it was last year it was it was reissued for record store day and it sold out like everywhere but it was because that one song
1: is it is it is it batman and robin
0: no it's batman forever
1: batman forever yeah
0: i think it's batman forever yeah, Batman
1: you. Forever. All you know, stupid ass George Clooney movies.
0: No, Batman Forever is uh, is Val Kilmer. I
1: thought Batman Robin was Val Kilmer. No, no Batman, Batman and Robin
0: be... is is Clooney. I thought Clooney was Val did Kilmer too. was. No, Clooney only did one.
1: What a loser. That... <laughs> Val Kilmer was the worst Batman of all. No, time. No, he wasn't. No, he was. Yes, he was. George no, Clooney he was, was better not. Batman because he... jo- Val Kilmer couldn't pull off Bruce Wayne. No, you're wrong. I I, I no. 100%... Val Kilmer no, trash. Totally they no, Kimmer I cannot like, pull off Bruce Wayne. I, That's I the problem. I will say this:
0: it is controversial, but I prefer. I like Batman Forever more than I like the first two Michael Keaton Batman.
1: Movies. That's not that controversial. I think. I, I think the first. I, I think the. I think Batman Returns is stupid, but I think Batman has his merits.
0: See, I'm the opposite. I think Returns is better than the first one, but I think Batman Forever is the superior out of that out of the that block of four. Batman Forever is the better one. It has, to me, it has the best Batman. It has the best villains with Jim Carrey as the Riddler, as Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> Two Face. Fucking, how can you get better than that? Nicole Kidman was great in that movie, being the, the, the love interest. The problem that was, was fucking
1: great. It was campy, but it was it didn't intend to be campy, and so then it just no, kind of got you're lost wrong, in no. itself.
0: No, 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 you're wrong. You're totally fucking wrong. I just watched these
1: like a month ago, like no, a month and a half ago. You
0: probably wa- No, you watched Batman and Robin, that's why you got it confused. So, you watched the wrong one? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that forever is fucking good, man. And it has like such a cool Batmobile, too. It was so
1: cool and unique. Nah, okay. Batman Robin's better.
0: Was, you're fucking stupid. Ben when Ram did you watch? What was the last one you watched? The one with fucking uh, Batgirl in it? At with least Silverstone, Silverstone, baby. Come on.
1: Stupid. Arnold
0: yeah. and Uma Thurman. And then the the stupid ass Bane in that movie. Chill
1: fucking out. Dumb. <laughs>
0: That was like man. the only good line in that whole
1: movie. <laughs> Chris O'Donnell? Come good on, day. man.
0: Come on, Chris man. Chris O'Donnell? He hasn't done shit outside of Batman. Fuck he doesn't this need
1: movie. to do shit. He doesn't need to do shit. Yeah, fuck him. He's Robin. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, yeah, what you waiting God. for is my 2B. I love it. Yeah. I think it's a fucking banger of a song. There's this, uh, like this... So the song drops in hard and it's amazing and there's a bridge part. The bridge part... Slows it down a little bit But then after Mm -hmm. it drops After the bridge I think that is like The biggest drop on the album And that Like that part After the bridge I get so happy I get so excited (laughs) It's fucking good I like rewind The Spotify thing Just so I could hear That part again (laughs) Just because It's just Like you already You've already built me up But then you bring me down A little bit And then build me up Even higher than where I was previously I love it so much. I know. But doesn't doesn't the way she sings remind you of Hashpipe by Weezer? Uh I guess so. Yeah,
0: cuz she sings a little bit higher in the song. Yeah, oh yeah, this kind of like the, the Weezer, same dude. that is It's kind of the same melody, huh? That's the yeah. way Rivers
1: sings the verses of Hashpipe, for sure.
0: You're <laughs> right. I never I've never made that connection, but fuck it makes sense.
1: I I can't I can't, I, I can't not hear Tash Bite by Weezer when I listen to this. But I love it. Fuck. And then
0: just and then the way that the scale she does with her voice, that damn 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 boom, boom, boom. It's so simple. It's so stupid. Fuck, it's a good song, man. It's
1: a good pop song. It's a mess. It's a yeah. it's a
0: mess, a chaotic song, but I fucking love it. So here's uh here's a little bit of what you waiting for what you waiting for. From uh, the Gwen Stefani's But there it is What you waiting for From Gwen Stefani Love this song man I'll never not think of the The hash pipe comparison Like it's right? so obvious now It's so obvious <laughs> Wow I've never ever thought of that That's that's great It's, it's so great.
1: I mean like dude Like no one has I, I've we listen to like a, quite a bit of music, and I've never heard anybody come close to matching that kind of high-pitched down scale that, that Rivers does. Because
0: it, it it shouldn't it should not be good, but for whatever reason they both pull it off so well. It's it's great. It's great, man. It's
1: fucking great. So it. <laughs> All right. Then, so uh, so what do you did you watch the video games? for this
0: one? I did watch the video. Yes. I Did didn't you watch the extended one though?
1: You want oh, it's like the seven minute long one? I didn't watch that one.
0: I just watched the, the standard
1: one. So in the, uh, in the seven minute long one, it's just a bigger story of what's happening. And yes. she's But like, it's a good video. It's a good video and it's shot well. And like, it's just a good storytelling video. And I really like mm-hmm. it
0: a lot. It is. It, it like, has the, like it the lot, Alice in Wonderland thing going on. It's a great video.
1: It has her, like, like having, like, writer's block, and then she goes to this clinic, and she has to fill out a questionnaire, and the questioner asks her these stupid fucking questions, like, do you like the smell of gasoline is one of them. And it's just, it's silly. And, and, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's just, it's cool. I like it. And, and it's just, it's a very cool storytelling music video. And it made me think, like, like, where do we lose music videos that just told a good story, that just made me they be happy from beginning to end. And this one tells a great story from beginning to end. And at the very end of it, because in the beginning of it, she goes to this place, this clinic, to help her with his writer's block. And then the, the lady says, oh, you can just pay us when your job's done. And then you're, she's like, well, well like, when will I know when the job's done? And then it kind of goes into the TikTok thing. And the very, very end, after the song's over, the lady at the clinic like knocks on the window and says, yeah, I got your bill here, which I thought was so fucking cool. Yeah. That's amazing.
0: Good that's, storytelling. It's that, great, man. But I think I think at this point in 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 time, people started making not making like crazy music videos because there was no money in it. MTV was on the outs. There's no there's no reason to make a a storytelling music video like this. It's not going to make sense to put drop a million two million dollars on a video.
1: Man, I like think that's good. What it is. A good music video, dude can just I don't know can live on forever beats a great music video can still beat an okay album. You throw out an okay album that's okay at best, but you drop like a really really good video. I'm going to remember it. You'll live on forever.
0: Yeah, but maybe not now though. Everything is too is too instant gratification. Like I don't, I don't think people could focus on on a 5-minute video anymore. It's just not going to happen.
1: We got to get back to uh, to good videos.
0: I mean, we gotta, but we're not going to. That's the thing. Mm. Mm. At least with with like big pop hits and stuff like that, it's just never gonna happen. Never, never, never.
1: Never, never, never.
0: <clears throat> but uh, I mean, what do you have lyrically on this song? Uh, I
1: mean, I, th- I, th- I thought this was about her because I, I highlighted it all in red, and then it was it messed with my eyeballs. But I thought this was about her, like expressing her doubts about like her solo career, and, and I don't know, kind of like a like an inner dialogue of her, of her desire to be like a pop star, but also be like a good mom at home, and and wanting to have like a family, but also just I don't know, quit being lazy and get off your ass and do it. Yeah, you that's for? kind of
0: what I got too. It was, and it, I think it was also her, her, her kind of. <laughs> uncertainty of of making music outside of a band, like doing something completely on her own, like this as a solo record, and just having the courage to take that step forward. But then people were were saying like, oh, it could also be about her, you know, getting a little bit older and wanting to have kids, and then her that kind of like you know, countdown to not being able to have kids again, or the countdown to not having kids ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, what is that called? The it's called I something. Don't know. It's called something, but
1: bro, we went to public school in California. Our sexual education was one semester, <laughs> if shoddy no, wasn't even at that. best,
0: <laughs> it wasn't even that. I don't think.
1: Well, you had to well, take health semester? class. I, I, took, I, oh, yeah, my yeah, one yeah, semester no, was dude. Mr. Malavar, who was the wrestling coach, so like his interest was in wrestling, and then he just so happened to teach health class. I learned nothing, so that's <laughs> that's about the extent of my. Of my of my knowledge of, of whatever you're trying to say. I know what you're trying to say. I just don't know what it's called. Don't know. The, yeah.
0: Yeah. You're right, though. Yeah. I, I, I did take one semester. I don't I don't remember the guy's name, though. But yeah, he was it was terrible. I don't remember learning anything in that class either. Yeah. But anyway, garbage. Do we have anything else on uh, what? 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 Uh, what are you waiting for what are you waiting for. You got anything you waiting for? No. All right. So then, uh,
1: what's your three B? What do you got? That I had my three B. My three B was Bubble Pop,
0: Bubble oh, Pop, Electric, like. Eclectic, Bubble El- Pop, Eclectic, Electric. electric. Ah, dude, that song! I can't get over how good that song is.
1: That's not. That's not a one B song though. That's just silly.
0: <sighs> it is though. It is. All
1: All right, right, so it's So my. Um, it's silly. You're being silly. What? You're being silly.
0: No, I'm being realistic and I'm being smart because I'm a smart person. Mm. Duh, stupid. Mm. My number three, my three B on this record, is the real thing. Uh, this song really surprised me. I I was fucking hooked on this song. I I thought uh, musically it was so captivating. It was so eighties, but I I couldn't. I oh. just there was just something. There's like a whole like I don't. I hate using the word, but the word, but vibe. There's a whole vibe to this song that was just so intriguing, and I just I love 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 this song.
1: You're a ballad man what? And this is kind of like Her uh, her love ballad here So that's fine Yeah
0: So wh- where does this sit for you? Is this, it is my this,
1: is, this is my 8B This is my 8B But this one teetered on Becoming an okay song But So um,
0: Dude this is This is such a good song So I don't even
1: remember like what How the melody goes Or anything actually So I mean this could be Just an okay one
0: I think but, like, this is I, a song That you have to listen to Multiple times To really get the to To really kind of have that chorus stick in your mind, but this right this whole this entire song is very layered. There's a lot going on. There's a lot to take in. I think it's one of the more more complex songs on this on this record. I
1: don't know if I what go that, that far. I don't know if I go that far. this is this this screams like just basic singing her love for Gavin. like this is just her love song and that's 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 all it is. But I like like when I mentioned earlier about her voice. I did write this is one of my favorite like vocal parts of the album because she has such that solid mm-hmm. like crisp voice, and it penetrates deep as it drags on, and she doesn't yeah, do that yeah. that that vocal fluctuation, that vibrato thing. That just I just I can't stand that shit. I don't like it. Don't like <laughs> people do it. It doesn't sound good. You're not singing in an opera. Shut the fuck up. But I don't know. <laughs> like the driving bass never gives up here, and it makes this kind of like fun euro pop kind of dance song with some good 80s sounding emo elements. And then I'd, it's kind of mm-hmm. cool that like some of the members of New Order provided backup vocals and some instrumentation. That's cool. That's yeah, fun. Yeah, Pete,
0: Peter Hook, the bass player. Peter. Very, very famous. Yeah. Very famous uh, bass player. He played in Joy Division as well. If I'm not mistaken. I think don't he, give a fuck
1: the about these fucking '80s bands. Joy Division, and Joy Division <laughs> people like think are punk, and Joy, i I'd listen to Joy Division. I don't. Yeah. Get it. I I don't don't get I it. don't
0: I don't care. I don't give two shits about Joy Division or New Order for that matter. But he's still, I mean, Peter Hook is very, very famous and popular for being in both of those bands. Because people fucking love those bands, and I don't... Of course,
1: because he's, he's, he's an Englishman, and they fucking love their bad music over there. <laughs> <laughs> you <give> a fuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes, Peter Hook uh, plays bass on this song. And fun little fact here, his son, Jack Bates, is the bass player for Smashing Pumpkins. Oh. So there you go, so there you go. Um, just all these names I don't care about. Um, but this song, I shouldn't like this song because I really don't like '80s new wave music. But that's what this song is. It's, it's a straight up new wave song. But for whatever reason, Gwen's voice, just complements this style, perfectly. I, I it, her voice is just like beautiful on this song. I, I love it. And her backup vocals in the chorus, I think they're not they're not like super complex or layered they're just they remind me a lot of madonna 80s madonna like good madonna back then and i don't know man this song is this song is fucking amazing i think it's a truly amazing song it's it is very bass heavy not i mean there are some cool bass lines but it's just like it's not it's not overly synth driven and it's killer man it's a killer fucking song
1: I mean, it's good. It's it's eight B slash okay song. Good. I I don't understand how it's a possible three B for you, but I'm um, I, mean, I was surprised you holla back. Uh, you holla back That was there. my stinker. I don't. I don't. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And so the real the, this song because
0: I finalized my notes yesterday, my secret notes yesterday, and the real thing was never really. It was never really high in my rankings uh, as a banger on, on this list, but then every time I listened to it, I kept thinking, "Wow, dude, this song—it would like kind of blow my mind every time I listened to
1: it." Let and then I listened to mind. it
0: one last. Th- I was just I, I can't I can't get over how great this song is. There, I I can't even explain. Yeah, it Sometimes
1: you're through and through. Acadian trio uh, converted you. That you're you're a changed man. <laughs>
0: I know. I I cannot believe it. So I'm gonna play a little bit of the real thing, and then we'll move on. So here it is, from a. Uh, Gwen Stefani. I don't know how you don't like this. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. Wow, man, that is that is a great song. There there are moments in that chorus too that also remind me a lot of Aqua. When when they kind of when she when they kind of do their more ballad stuff, it kind of reminds me of that a bit. Maybe that's why I, I like it. I
1: well. remember doing the Aqua episode and and thinking like every song on that album was going to be just. Game changing pop, and then realizing like fuck, man, they have a lot of slow songs that are exactly the same. So I, I get it, I get it, I get it.
0: But that Aqua record is fucking great. That first Aqua record, so good.
1: Um, yeah, okay. Um, I will I, say that the I, uh, you,
0: I think you gave it a perfect three out of three. I, <laughs> oh, I'm not even come joking. Come on, guy. Come on, guy. I think not even joking. I really think you come gave it a three out of guy. three. No, there's no way cuz
1: not every song was perfect.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, what were you going to say?
1: I I was going to say that the last the, like the second half of this album, side B of this album, I wrote that this is essentially transitioned into some like cool ass roller rink fucking dance album. Like remember going to the roller rink as kids <laughs> and they played like yeah. fucking Hathaway Another Night Another Dream, <laughs> like all these cool ass fucking yeah, techno Euro songs. Dance. Eurodance or that's what, the, that's what the second half of this album turned into, and you're, I you're thought it was fucking right dope. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Like Sirius, the one after this one, not a banger yeah. for me, but I love it. I think it's fucking awesome. And and yeah,
0: it's like it's like a slower '80s jam. That's what it is.
1: Like these, they, they, I I don't know. I I just imagine going around in circles for two hours wearing roller skates on like a Friday <laughs> night. That's what I think about. I yeah. Love it
0: is fucking cool man what i mean i, I really want to compliment gwen because obviously she grew up in the 80s i mean she was a kid in the 80s but then she like 20 in her 20s it was it was during the ninety or during the 90s she was in her 20s and it's just so cool how she she took from she took from both eras both decades and just really kind of made something really really great out of it i mean it wasn't like a direct ripoff it was just a really good homage to both eras of pop music. She did it so fucking well. I mean, like like we were just talking about with this song and then like look at Luxurious. That that song is straight out of 90s R&B. Like straight up out of that. And yeah, for sure. She just you could just totally tell like this this album was made out of her love of pop music from those two from those two decades. And she she, she was, absolutely fucking kills
1: it. She was born like i think she was born 1969 so really that long ago i guess so that makes she sense. like her formative years were in the 80s but her like adult formative years were in the 90s so she was like in in her 20s in the 90s in her 10s in the 80s so yeah yeah like your teens you soak up so much information and so much stuff of what's going on and that like that was the 80s for her so no matter what like the '80s sound is always going to be ingrained in her, and she's going to like that sound because that's what she really truly grew up with. And in yeah. the '20s is a different, entirely different growing up phase of of your life. But that was the '90s, and that's where like no doubt came in, and that's where like also her brother, like Eric, her older brother Eric, she he had mm-hmm. an, an immense just, just impact on her life, and, and music and things like that. And her parents were were big folk musicians, and they loved folk music, so she's just been in, in I don't know culturally she's just had a lot of music ingrained in her from a young age but 80s is never going to go away because that's those were her formative years and yeah, no matter yeah. what like whatever what, what like whatever you love listening to now ages of like i think like i don't know for at least for me i'm just going to blanket everybody and say the same thing from the ages of like 10 to 16 Whatever you liked between those periods, you're never gonna not like it for the rest of your life. One hundred percent. I just, I, I I just I, right. it's 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 there for, it's there to stay. You'll understand later on that it's stupid and it's dumb and it's bad, but you're never gonna not like it. Mm. You always like it. It'll it'll always be like it's like comfort food. You're right. It'll always you're be totally there. Right. And I think that's the '80s for Gwen. Because we never really heard that, like this this type of sound in no doubt until like return of saturn until this era of Gwen Stefani finally realized man fuck this shit this is who I am this is what I want to do i'm going to mm-hmm. do it
0: it's funny that that we're even talking about this right now because kind of fast forwarding from this era from Gwen Stefani area from Gwen Stefani and her era in this record we go to dream car which is the rest of the guys from no doubt and Davey Havoc from AFI and they make a straight up 80s new wave yeah. record like it, it it's yeah. insane. Like it, it totally kind of <sighs> solidifies what what you were saying about how you know between the ages of say ten and sixteen is what you're always going to go back to, and that's what they did. The guys from No Doubt and AFI, they made a fucking eighties new wave record in twenty sixteen. Whenever that record came out, that Dream Car record. It's it's it's, it's, it's true, fucking, man. It, it's crazy. It's no cool, matter man.
1: how much cool music we find now on vinyls and and just playing music and listening to music and seeing shows. If we hear something that if something on the radio comes on that, that we heard when we were 10 to 16 years old, it's like comfort food. It automatically takes you back to a time because we're children. Like you've no, you have no, yeah, you have no yeah. problems as a child. And so I think that's, that's really what it is. It takes you back to a time when like you had no stress. And I think, yeah, I don't serious. know, maybe, maybe this is like on some or macro stress, level. Yeah right? Like some, some, some huge <laughs> macro level where it's not just like comfort food. It's, it's wanting to like regress to a point where like our parents are taking care of us or someone else is taking care of us instead of us having to take care of ourselves. So yeah, I, I don't you're, know. You're totally right.
0: Throwing it back to the vinyl thing. Like, uh, what was it? A while back, I bought that, that Juniper strain record from, for like $5 off some guy. Cause I was already buying something from him yeah. and it, I bought it because I remembered the name and it was something from that era when we were like in our early high school like probably 13 14 years old and i get it and i listen to it and it straight up is that like it's straight up this this local southern california hardcore band that aren't very good but just by listening to that style of music it brought me back to everything from that era and it just it was just so nice it wasn't good yeah. but it was just nice it was a fun listen and i know anybody else listening would have thought this is fucking trash it's garbage sure but dude it's just it's it's weird music is fucking weird man it's fucking weird
1: i'm telling you man i i honestly believe that music above politics is the most like div, di, divisive divisive thing that you could ever argue with somebody about because people take yeah. their music so fucking seriously
0: because it's so personal it's so personal yeah
1: a lot of people yeah. don't vote. A lot of people don't get into politics. I don't want to get into politics. You know what I mean? But yeah. everybody's got, like, their favorite artist. And if you make fun of that favorite artist, they take it very, very personally. Because you're right. Like, it is it is so personal to you. To you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, your musical tastes are 100% unique to you.
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Literally, nobody
1: on the face of the earth likes corn, except for you. That's why it's so <laughs> personal to you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't always be I too mean... serious here, <laughs>
0: dude. Corn man, great band. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let, let's get back to this record. We, we've been a, we've been a
1: little too earnest. Um, there's all, there's really only two songs that we that I want for sure to talk about. I we have to talk oh, yeah, about. Let, them. Let's get into it. Yeah. And, and what, then what I'm got? fine just going off the rails or calling or whatever. But first, sure yeah. I want to talk about Rich Girl, and then first sure I want to talk about Harajuku Girls.
0: Okay, well, let's start with rich girls. Okay. A rich girl, I'm sorry. So, yeah, this is the one Dr. J produced. Uh, Eve, uh, the the, the singer-rapper, was also on this. I I guess she's just more of a rapper, but uh, she was also on this song. And this is not a banger for me. Where does this sit for you?
1: This is a 5B. This is a 5B, only because I had no idea this was essentially a cover of a cover.
0: Yeah, an interpolation. So,
1: like... I guess, like, the original was was Fiddler on the Roof, and I've I've seen the play Fiddler on the Roof. I like it. I think it's a great fucking play, but I've seen it, like, one time in high school, and the melody from that, it was now taken, and then there was a group called Luchi Lu in in Michi One. That's -hmm. what it looks like. That's how I'm pronouncing it phonetically, but it's some, like, dance hall reggae group that, that took that melody, I think, and made their own song. And then Gwen essentially covered the Luchi Lu thing. So I went back and listened to the okay. Luchi Lu, and holy fucking shit, that is a banger of a song. Is that, is really? a, that is an <laughs> unreal banger song. It's a dancehall reggae thing, and it is so goddamn good. It is better than the Gwen Stefani version could ever be. But I do like the Gwen Stefani version, I think it's cool, it's a great thing to sing along to. You can't help but sing along to the... na 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 I know you sing along to it. I Everybody know. Everybody does. I, know. I like it. it. All it's, day. A, it's a all great day. pop song, but, dude, you gotta go back and listen to that Luchi Lu version. Yeah, I, I, I did, it's not, so I did good. not listen to it. It is so good. Fuck.
0: I will say that this is the only song on the record that has any sort of reggae kind of influence to it. Yeah. Like with it's it almost with like kind of upstrokes, all those off-beats there.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: But otherwise, yeah, this is this is... This entire record is completely opposite of everything she had done with No Doubt, because everything in No Doubt was, was based off of you know reggae ska, two tone whatever, as well as punk punk music. But yeah. yeah, this this record just completely is the outlier. But
1: and I think I think this one's yeah. important to talk about. I mean, we don't have to play because everybody's fucking heard the song. Oh, I know it's but it's, so it's important because of the lyrics. Like she fucked up. She fucked up big. Because this song was supposed to be about her, in the pre-no-doubt state, her then aspirations of becoming a rich girl. But it comes mm-hmm. off so douchey, and it everybody goes, hated yeah. it. Everybody fucking hated this. Everyone's was like, what are you talking about? you already rich girl. Get the fuck out of here. Because she didn't write it well enough. And I hate to even like say that, but she did a piss poor job of writing this rich girl song as a pre-no-doubt Gwen. Because it completely comes off as disingenuous and douchebaggy.
0: It kind of does. But I think it's like, it's the way she kind of, it's it's like the setting of it. Like talking about Rodeo Drive, I think it is. Like she's talking about,
1: I don't know. Like it's just straight off the bat. If I was a rich girl, like, dude, come on. yeah, Fuck off. Yeah. But like, again, she she wrote this song to be in the mindset of the pre-No Doubt fame phase. So I get it but you got to dig think, a little deeper to get to that like it should already be it should already be there i shouldn't have to dig so deep
0: you you should i think she should have made the song more in the no doubt style i mean yeah like like we said she used a lot of the reggae and stuff or some reggae but she should have delved more into the no doubt stuff to kind of make it more of a throwback tune like even make it more like a like a ska song that would have been that would have made the the lyrics more sincere had she done that but whatever, what are you gonna do? The song's whatever; it's fine. This was uh, it was it was overplayed a lot. It was really overplayed.
1: The biggest, the biggest disappointment on this album was not having just one song with everybody for no doubt on it. Like, I know. That right? was that was like the biggest disappointment, and I wish I just wish there was like one fucking song that just had everybody on it, even just as as, as backup harms or something. Something, just, yeah. Just put them all on, man. Come on.
0: Yeah. And it it, it it this record kind of made me think maybe you know all the all the talk about the the tragic kingdom era where where the executives were trying to get you know Gwen to do her own thing and and all this stuff maybe that was kind of like that's what she's always wanted but she was always too afraid to do it and this is her finally saying like kind of fuck you to the guys in the band I mean, because i mean you know, why should why wouldn't she involve all four of them. I mean, I know Tony was on this record extensively, but to not have Tom and Adrian, it's kind of, it's a real slap in the face. It is.
1: It's, it's stupid. It, 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 there's no reason for it. Like everybody that does solo albums will always have their, usually unless they hate each other, will usually have their old bandmates on at least one song in some capacity. Except for her. And they left on amicable terms. And then after this dropped, before her next one everybody thought that, that that was when they were going to make their sixth album Yeah. because they were still friends and they still talked to each other and it's like no they didn't do it and I don't know it's weird it's weird I don't like it I don't like it
0: yeah even, the, even this week though I was uh, I was very surprised I did, never knew that Tony was this involved with the record I didn't even know he was on this record I mean until this week, but he was he had like four songs with her, or they wrote like three or four songs together on
1: this. Let's get one thing straight: no doubt would not exist in in the state that they are now, the in the, the the infamy that they are now. I guess without Tony and Eric, because Gwen wasn't even a part of oh, yeah, no doubt yeah. to begin with. So like it, they would not exist without Tony and Eric, and Gwen yeah. would not have written her biggest songs without Tony. True, even after yeah. they broke up, Tony still. I mean, I don't know their relationship behind closed doors, but the way I read it, the way I see it, the way I'm, I'm as a third-party observer, the way Gwen tells me, because she's in my house looking through my records still. Yeah, she's still, like, sifting through them all. Yeah. The way I see it is, is even after they broke up, Tony still helped her write a lot of really, really, really good songs, and he still was professional about it. And not yeah. to say that Gwen yeah. Stefani was not professional about it, but I think Tony's an incredible songwriter, and I mean, no knock to this record, but clearly like Gwen needs help because she had a lot of help with this record and all of her best songs, like actually not one song on this album was written solely by her. No, no, all. And that shows no. me that she needs help, which is not a bad thing. It's just, that's how it is. That's how she writes music. Not a big deal, but like Tony... Tony means something to Gwen. Like she he fucking means something to Gwen, not in a romantic yeah. state, but just like in a friend state. And yeah. Like Gwen's career probably would not exist without Tony. Straight no, up. No, it wouldn't. Straight because up. I
0: mean w- when you think about it, she was writing about Tony on on Tragic Kingdom, on Return of Saturn, all the way onto this record. There there's a song about him essentially. So, I mean, she's still up to this point still talking about him in her songs. Yeah like not in a necessarily romantic way but on an emotional level on you know moving past you know you know past relationships and you know w- what song was it again where they're talking about like being happy for each other they're still great friends and stuff like that yeah that was one that was with, that
1: was not written with tony but it was i think it was a uh, uh, cool the song cool yeah and in, in the music video the That's her 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 okay so cool was was straight up about like her and Tony, like they're oh, their for sure. time together, but now they're cool with it. They're happy just to see each other and they're happy to see the other person happy, which is super cool. I like that. And it's, it's even, it's even more, I'm just, I'm saying cool a lot. And the song title is cool. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's cool, man. And That's it's cool, it's funny. Cause the music video and cool's my four B by the way. And it's, yeah, it, I love the, that song in the music video. Gwen's ex lover, who is supposed to be Tony his girlfriend is Tony's real girlfriend in real life. Like so Oh no shit in the video? Yeah. yeah. So when oh, they fuck, meet I didn't know that. When they meet at the door and like Gwen w- reaches over and they kiss like the like the Europeans like put their mouths on each other's cheeks yeah. like they're fucking mafia people. Like that's <laughs> that's Tony's like real girlfriend in real life. And so like that's that's fucking cool that they are so close together like that that they can still like you know, like, oh I'm hanging out with your ex or whatever. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. That's such a that's that very great. That's a very adult thing to do. It's they get past it, move forward, but you can still have a relationship with your exes because it meant something to you. I don't know. That's awesome. I like that. But God damn, dude, Gwen Gwen would be nothing without Tony. Honestly.
0: No, I agree. I totally
1: agree. I I Not never really even, that, like, realized until like this week, and then even just like even right now, like my God.
0: Yeah, it wasn't until this week where I where I really came to that realization. I mean, he was. I mean, I've always known, you know, that the whole breakup was was a big thing and, and it led to a lot of the songs on Tragic Kingdom and stuff and, and Saturn. But yeah, dude, this week really opened my eyes. I mean, because I, I remember seeing the video for Cool when it came out, but never made that connection until this week and reading more about what the lyrics are about. And dude, the, the video is is pretty much just going through the song, like le- the lyrics to the song. It's, it's wild. It's cool. But I, I didn't know about the, the girlfriend thing, though. That's and, fucking,
1: and, I mean, just, that's just so like cool. just like the whole thing about Tragic Kingdom and, and, and everything about it. I don't think there's any song on Tragic Kingdom that Gwen wrote herself. Everything was either written no, by, no. by Eric and then Gwen and somebody else. And then Don't Speak is like the biggest uh, breakup thing. Like Don't Speak is about their breakup, her and Tony. But that was co-written mm-hmm. with her brother. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which again, I'm not like diminishing Gwen's writing prowess or anything because I think she's fantastic. But she's just one of those people that that thrive with somebody else.
0: Yeah, she's a collaborative person. And, and that's, that's how that that's great. That could be great.
1: Right. Absolutely. And and we see people solo albums all the time that, that just fall completely flat when compared to to their their contemporaries in a band. Right. Yeah. And it's it's just I don't know. Some people are just different, and I think that's that's cool. And this is Gwen. I like
0: especially it. especially when the music turns out so good. Like sh- she makes such she made such amazing music with No Doubt, and with this record, it's it's almost as good as some of the No Doubt records. <laughs> it really is.
1: It really, really is. <laughs> I mean, did, I
0: I like this record more than more than I like Saturn Return of Saturn.
1: I, I honestly would do. Ha- I would have to listen to Return of Saturn again. I only listened to Rocksteady this week. Be and Rocksteady, so yeah, yeah.
0: I would, I mean, I would want to say it's better than Rocksteady, but I haven't, I haven't listened to that in probably in over a decade. And yeah, I, I will say though, this record is better than the last No Doubt record. What was it? Settle down.
1: Oh yeah, that was. I mean, that That was just trash. That was so far off from Rocksteady too. Like that was that. God, dude, that just should not have happened. Yeah, that record that should not have happened. But
0: honestly, this is this is a solid record that really has its merits and and is just as good, if not better, than, better than some of the No Doubt records. Obviously, not better than the first three records, but you know, no. What do you gotta do? What do you gotta do? No, no, no. no. Um. Anyway, yeah, cool. I mean, cool is such a good song, man. I just the the, the way that they kind of use the synth in that it's it's I don't want to say it's subtle, but it's very underused. But because of that, it's. It adds so much character to the song. I fucking love "Cool." Cool is a I fucking thought, killer song.
1: I thought this song too was very no doubt sounding. Had a good vibe to it, like no doubt would do from like "Return of Saturn." I thought this song could have been okay. a "Return of Return of Saturn" like song. I don't know. Yeah, it, yeah, it could have been. It could have been. Fuck. This song reminded me a lot of uh, "Time good. After Time" by Cyndi Lauper. I don't know something about the background harm parts. I don't know, something about the song reminded me of that song. But it's a cool song man it's cool. it is a great song
0: it's just like it's 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 kind of a stripped down pop song, especially for a song on this kind of record where there's a lot of layering and and things like that. It's pretty slow and stripped down almost like uh like underneath it all underneath it all was like a very stripped down pop song really I mean yeah, it was a no doubt song, but it was still a it was a pop song, yeah. and that's kind of what this song is. It's not reggae based but it's stripped down to it. It's fullest right here.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Damn, that well also cool is my my four B. So we agree, we agree on that one.
1: Look at that.
0: Uh, so we talked about cool, obviously, right now. Do you want to play that at all?
1: That's all right. We're we'll to play it.
0: Okay. Well, I'm good. And then we talked about rich girl. Uh, what was the other one you wanted to talk about?
1: Harajuku girls. Uh, dude, this one we gotta talk I... about this song just because of all the hate and controversy. That stemmed yeah. from not just his song, this tour, the backup dancers, Gwen. It's just it's so dumb. But yeah, is it a banger for you? First, let's go through the song. I guess
0: no, it's not. It's not even close to being a banger. I thought this is a, a really underwhelming song, considering the the context of it. Like this could have been like the poppiest song on the record, just based off the lyrics. But dude, this song falls flat so hard. See, I like this song.
1: I think it's a cool really? mesh of, like, the Japanese culture she was going with. And then just yeah. Gwen's love for 80s music. I thought it was a good blend of the two things. She's blending two things that maybe have never been blended before. I don't know. But I thought they are cool. And I like when the background vocals support her verses, like, randomly. With the mm-hmm. little little ad-libs and, the, and like, the background <laughs> Japanese girls. I thought that was cool. And the chorus is fucking dope. Like, Gwen sounds so snotty and so fun. It's staccato keyboard melody. Oh, dude, it's so goddamn good.
0: I just feel like it, it doesn't have the catchiness of a lot of the songs on here. I, I just expect. I think it's just I expected so much more out of the song, considering the content. The it's my
1: seven content. B. So this is this is no, the second to B. last B. Yeah, B. B. yeah, it's a low B. Yeah. But yeah, dude, there's so much hate and controversy from this, and there's so many people.
2: Yeah.
1: It was so divisive. Like there were so many people saying that she's like she's 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 appropriating a different culture. It's like dude, how like when can you fucking win? Like she was so yeah, involved in this culture and she loved it and she visited this this the Harajuku was I think it's a city in Japan or or something. Yeah, it's a
0: neighborhood. It's a neighborhood uh, in Tokyo. Neighborhood,
1: I guess, yeah. And and yeah. she she's like, "Wow, this is really fucking dope. I like this." And then she employed her backup dancers, the Harajuku girls, four Japanese girls, three of them born in Japan and one born mm-hmm. in America she employed them as backup dancers and they had a very prolific dancing career because of this. And it's like, yeah. how, you can't fucking win. It's not like, it's not like she forced them to do
0: this. You know, it's like she was, I've never seen, I don't, you don't really see artists this invested in something at all. Really? <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't know. Man. Like this everything, is... of, ev- everything about Gwen Stefani's brand, like during this era from, from, you know, what, 2004, to maybe two thousand eight or nine was all about Harajuku, yeah, Harajuku and it Japanese was all in. style. Oh, and in. I mean like the the lamb stuff, like the the purses and the perfume and the all that kind of stuff was all. I don't think it was cultural appropriation. I really, I mean, who the fuck am I? I'm some white dude, but I feel like she did it in in a respectable way and. I don't know. Who the fuck am I in the end?
1: And she's always know. been one to, like, donate money. She's always been one to, she, you know, she, she does a lot of good for, like, the world. She does a lot of good with her money. And I don't think, yeah. I mean, I, I've I've never seen her live. I've watched a couple videos here or there and clips of her live stuff. And, and the backup dancers, they're fucking good dancers. So I always appreciate yeah. a good dancer. Like, I hate Chris Brown, but fuck, man. Kid can dance. <laughs> fucking
0: killer dancer. Yeah. Killer dancer.
1: Killer fucking dancer. So, I, like, I always I hate appreciate Michael a good Jackson. dancer. Killer dancer. It. Yeah, dude, one of the arguably the best. Like, good god. Yeah. Oh, so good. So I always appreciate a good dancer. And I I I didn't see anything ever to where she was exploiting any kind of thing for for like Japanese culture. Like how other people would yeah. say, how some people would say. i not not everybody's on board with with her, her cultural appropriation thing. It was just a few outspoken people. I just didn't see it there. I thought it was great. I liked that she some Orange County girl that found a new culture. I was like, holy fuck, this is so awesome. Out Getting outside of her bubble, showing the mm-hmm. world that it's okay to find something new, even at a later stage in life. I think mean, that's amazing. That's awesome. And also,
0: you know, her being from Southern California, which is such a hodgepodge of cultures. I mean, you go one city over and, you know, you're in Little Saigon. You go one yeah. city over, you're in, you know, it, yeah. what, uh Not Little Palestine, but uh, what's the over by uh, Cortinas? Like s- what is it? I think it's not Little Palestine. It's something else. But it's like, dude, yeah. go, there's seriously Orange County, especially Orange County and LA County too. It's a fucking hodgepodge. I mean, like there's little Armenia in in parts of LA County, and dude, it's it's fucking insane, dude. It, it, I I think I think calling her doing any sort of cultural appropriation with her, I think is is really it doesn't make any fucking sense considering where she grew yeah. up at. It's asinine. And I I dude seriously. And I I'm kind of curious now has any anybody ever brought up like any sort of culture appropriation with her and like reggae music at all or or anything like that or ska music?
1: No, yeah, I because, guess. I mean,
0: obviously she she built her career on that style, obviously. Those those are her roots, but I don't feel like anybody's ever brought that up. So why not bring that up? when you're bringing up the Harajuku thing. Cause it's the same thing. I mean, she had, I mean, and no doubt had African American players in the band doing this. Gabe McNair, baby.
1: That was, that was like the, yeah. their, 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 their touring trumpeter that pretty much played on every single song on this album and the sweet escape and tours and everything.
0: But I, I don't know. I, I've never read anything where people bring that anything about a culture for <laughs> right. appropriation up with that. I've just I've never it's seen 600. anything
1: that like mouthed Gwen Stefani. Like no one's ever badmouth yeah. Gwen Stefani.
0: Even even like the like her her reaction to people calling or saying that about her is kinda like, Well, I'm not doing that. I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm not doing that. I'm it's a celebration, and then she kinda leaves it at that. Yeah. She doesn't she, it's never like a big formal apology. It's like right. well, it's not that. Yeah, exactly. She says why, I'm not and
1: that's it. That like what you're saying is is not what I'm doing. I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm gonna keep doing what I'm fucking doing. And yeah, like I've never seen anything bad about her. Like no one's ever said anything bad about Gwen Stefani. She's just, and she's like owned her image since like day one. It's true. Like, the, yeah. the the what do you like the the, the midriff thing that she does. Like, oh yeah, she's, yeah. She just like she's owned her sexuality from day one, and she's never tapered. She's never felt weird about it. She's never like body shamed anybody else. She's just. That's who she's she is. That's what she wants to model. fucking do. God damn, she's so awesome.
0: She's so great. She's she's a fucking great role model. I mean, she's so everything great. about her. Yeah, she is. She really is. <laughs> she's fucking awesome. Great music. I mean, her messages are are great. And nothing and what would I like to like there, there are songs in here where she's talking about being in love with somebody, but it's never like Britney Spears. Like when we did the the Britney Spears album, like that was just like Sad and kind of pathetic. The lyrics yeah. on that, but the way that, that she describes like you know being in love with somebody or, or falling for somebody on this record, is like the polar opposite of that. It's way it's way more realistic and it just means something way more. It's not pathetic at all. I think she's awesome. I fucking love Gwen Stefani.
1: God, I'll never forget. I've like, never. I've never. One of the thought bad w- about her. one of the, like an early video I saw like of somebody interviewing. No doubt. Like, right after Gwen joined, and she, like, clearly she's a singer because they had already played shows, and this is, this is, like, well before Tragic Kingdom, and the interviewer was asking questions, and he kept, like, he kept putting the mic about lyrics to, like, Eric. I mean, he's, like, one of the primary writers anyway, but, like, he, he finally got fed up, and the interviewer said, like, hey, like, wh- what do you mean about this song when, when, when you're writing this? And he's, like, I don't know. Why don't you ask our singer? Because he had been neglecting Gwen the entire time, yeah, yeah, presumably because she's a woman, and so he's like intervening the man, and it was just so, it was so cool. I was like, God damn, dude! Not only are you a good big brother, but you're also a good bandmate. Yeah, I like that. You're just a good Bert's, a good person in general. <laughs> just a good person. I know. <laughs> so I don't know. Why don't you ask our singer? Like, just fucking tired yeah. of this guy only talking to Eric. I love that. That was so cool. It's crazy how like
0: Eric has never talked about. And no doubt, you know. No, no. But he was there through Tragic Kingdom. Like
1: he was on that record. He but he wrote he, like fifty percent of Tragic Kingdom yeah, like, that would not exist without him. Yeah. It's
0: insane, but nobody ever talks about him. But whatever. He probably still rakes in like a good amount of oh yeah. You know, money with the royalties and everything from oh, yeah. that the first three records, but I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yeah, good Gwen stuff's. Stefani man. Gwen Stefani. Do, do you want me to play a little bit of Harajuku Girls?
1: No, I think I think that was that was solid. We got we got everything out we wanted to get out. Do you have do you have any any hot topics? Any any points of contention?
0: Uh, there's one song in on here that that I surprisingly really liked was
1: luxurious.
0: Oh, I know you were you were you were talking about it earlier.
1: This is my I 6B. really don't like this song. This is this is this See? is the only song that was borderline a stinker for me. Everything about you, this, I hated. <laughs> I hate Gavin Rossdale's stupid fucking spoken French parts that he that I supposedly him. <laughs> I hate that that like I, I appreciate that clearly. This is a girl that grew up in like the L.A. area in the '90s with yeah, gangster yeah. rap because there is this is an R&B style song, but there's heavy gangster rap influence to it. It's yeah. not a bad song, but God, dude, this is just it's just dumb. It's dumb. This
0: song hits every. This song hits every '90s R&B motif on the head. Like this is this is <laughs> this is this is every bit a, a 90s R&B song, through and through. And I really didn't want to like it because I don't like this kind of stuff. I really don't. But for whatever reason, this is another instance where her vocals f- for some reason fit that genre so well. I really did not want to like this at all, but damn, dude, she fucking kills it vocally on this. Musically, I think it's fucking stupid. Because it, <laughs> it has that that stupid drum beat, that, that typical R&B drum beat. It has the chimes that go across. It has some of that, that stupid, like, uh, that percussive instrument. What is the, what is it like that? Oh, I that, don't even know what it's sense. called.
1: I think it's like a donkey jaw. Like, originally, that's what people use. Yeah, they like, yeah, yeah, random yeah, yeah, yeah. stick over a donkey jaw or something like that, over the teeth to make yes. that noise.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly that. <laughs> but it's, it's so typical of that genre and that era of music very very specific but she took it and fucking killed it vocally and like i said i really didn't want to like it but i i I thought this song was a banger 6b for me but otherwise yeah i'm not gonna play it i'm not gonna play it um should we uh i don't know i don't think there's anything else i want to talk about i don't i don't don't have any like
1: i don't yeah i don't have any like hot topping talking points some yeah, random I stuff mean, here in the crash were, yeah.
0: crash was another good single um but i don't know we don't have to talk
1: about that it's pretty crazy there Se- are 12 there are 12 songs on this album and tw- and 6 of them were singles and pretty successful know, right? singles so <laughs> that's pretty <And> that's <laughs> pretty good
0: they weren't even going to release crash i think crash was the 6th single and yeah. they weren't they they weren't going to do it but everything was so successful but then she was pregnant at the same time, so there was like up in the air. Should we do a six single? But they're like, "Fuck it, we'll do it anyway," and they threw it out there, and it was a hit. And yeah, it's it, it's a killer song. It's a killer song for sure. My six B. The, that's my that's my five B. I'm crashing my five B. Um, but yeah, then the other two that honestly I don't really care if they were on this record is Serious and Danger Zone, especially Danger Zone. That one kind of just really falls flat for me, but whatever. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's give our final thoughts on this record, and then we will uh, we will rate it for, uh, according to our world famous three point rating system, where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue continue to listen to, one is a bad album but give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So what
1: do you got, Jeff? Go. Um, this was this was great. I I don't think after Tragic Kingdom. I don't think No Doubt had the sustainability to keep putting out Tragic Kingdom after Tragic Kingdom after Tragic Kingdom. There's just no way. That music is no. uh, it's, it's kind of like a one and done, and, and Tragic Kingdom being their best thing, you, you're not going to top it. So, I don't know. Maybe just go out on, on, on a high note, which they kind of did. <laughs> and Return to Standard is fine. There's, there's really nothing wrong with it. Rock Steady is better than I remember it being. And I've not listened to. I can't remember the last fucking album they did. So I can't remember the name.
0: Uh, Settle. No, "Settle Down" was the single. I think. I've, what was I've, the I've not, name of the album? I don't even remember I've the name. I've not listened right
1: to now. that one since I think, probably before since the it, pod.
0: Yeah, it was before the pod. with the last time I listened to it?
1: Yeah, because it came out like 2013 ish, fourteen, I think so. ten, I think eleven.
0: So. But yeah, I don't know. Push Dragon and Kingdom, shove. Push and shove. That's yeah, what it was. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve
1: no no doubt which is not it's not sustainable it just was not and so the natural path was for them to do other things and obviously like Gwen is just she became bigger than no doubt just that's what happens when you're the lead singer usually so that's fine and she comes out with this thing and we don't know what what to expect really like we know maybe it'll be poppy because that's what solo artists kind of usually do they just put out something pop some generic And honestly, like this is generic pop for all intents Mm -hmm. and purposes. This is, this is like generic shit. She's not reinventing the wheel here. She's taking old concepts, kind of modernizing them and making them fucking great. And that's what makes this even better than it should be is because there's nothing here that's, that's any different than what people have been doing for fucking 30 years. And I don't understand it. I don't understand how she can take these stupid 80 songs and make them great. So I don't know. Respect. I like that. Good job, Gwen. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I heard her. Yeah. I heard her Yeah. She said she, uh, same, I yeah. No, she's was... actually she she pulled out a couple that she's gonna take home with her. She, she pulled out Lawrence Walk and uh Engelbert Humperdinck. Oh, there we
0: go. Yeah, that's yep. some good shorts. So yeah,
1: you called it. So there you go. Um I did. I did. This is not a perfect record because not all songs here are perfect and conceptually it, it doesn't flow here I, so i know there's a lot of there's a lot of things to knock it down but i mean this is a solid 2.5 for sure i had a lot of fun with this this week i thought this was really good i could not like sometimes when we do an like an album and and i'm like oh this is really good i enjoy talking about it with people just random people like at the bar yeah and i was so excited to talk about gwen stefani with people at the bar not just because we love No Doubt and we've grown up with No Doubt and we've listened to so much fucking No Doubt and Gwen Stefani but because this is legitimately a good, a good album and even Mm -hmm. though it sold a lot, it did super, super well, I don't know. I feel like it's not talked about a lot. It's not talked about a lot outside of like the singles just being good pop songs because it's deeper than that. It's deeper than just good pop songs. These are generic pop songs that she like repurposed. It's like finding, I don't know, it's like finding an old like car in like a garage somewhere that's all <laughs> fucked up and beat up and shit. You know, some like 50s car. Yeah, yeah. And like you refurbish it and you bring it to life. And you're like, "Wow, that looks fucking amazing." Like that's what she did here. So you
0: give it a 2.5 2. out of 5.
1: 3. out of 3.
0: All right. My uh my view on this, I think I think this is just an absolutely amazing pop record. And like we talked about I I feel she just took from her influences from from you, okay so like what you you made a good point like between the ages of like 10 and 16 are your formative years in music and you're always going to remember that you're always going to be influenced by it and that's kind of what i feel like she did here i mean the 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 80s stuff was so prevalent on this record but then also you know her in her 20s in the 90s you get some of that that r&b like in luxurious and everything like that it gets straight up out of 90s r&b it's such a great combination of it all And I don't know how she does it. I don't know what it is about her voice, but her voice somehow transcends so many different genres and absolutely fucking kills it. I mean, to the point where... I mean, anybody anybody listening to The Potter, anybody who knows me personally, knows I fucking hate 80s music. I hate new wave music. I really do. (laughs) It's fucking terrible. It's fucking terrible shit. But the way she does it on, on this record is... Is so fucking great. I don't care about Joy Division. I don't care about New Order, but having Peter Hook on this record on that one song, on take the Le- or yeah take the lead. I don't know. Her voice just it just matches so well. Like she's she's amazing. She's honestly amazing. And, I, and I'll and I'll say it again. She is this generation or that generation's Gen X or or millennial version of Blondie. That generation's Blondie, like one hundred percent and uh and i love it i love her i love her music i love no doubt i would just be repeat anything anything more i would say would just be repeating what you said or what we've already talked about i want to hear so, it baby i want to hear it all i don't want to do that <laughs> so um so so my my rating is uh i'm going to give it a 2.5 i'm i'm going to give it a 2.5 out of 3 as well because you know the last 3 songs i honestly could do without i really don't like that andre 3000 song at the end except for the lyrics i think the lyrics are are really, really great. But musically, the last three songs are almost forgettable. But damn, dude, everything before that, just killer. Absolutely. Oh, outside of, of Back Girl, because that song's fucking trash. Oh. But uh, yeah, most of this album is fucking amazing. So a 2.5 all out of around, three baby. For 2 me, 2.5 All around, baby. 2.5 all around. It's crazy. Like I have a major, major stinker on here, but this album still cuts at 2.5.
1: Well, you made your stinkers only because it's not necessarily the song itself. It's just you've heard this shit so fucking much. Like you hate Bring It On. Like Bring It On is a fantastic movie. I fucking hate Bring It On, man. But you hate the stuff because it's just (laughs) ingrained into your mind that this is just annoying.
0: (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) It's fucking terrible.
1: You should, you should, you should go back and when you, when you edit, you should go back and listen for that. Another one bites the dust part though. Cause it's fucking I, dope. I really want to hear that. It's I've really never, cool. I've
0: never picked up on that. But also when, when the song comes on, I kind of like, I don't focus on it. I kind of. Brain
1: just goes. I'm done. Yeah. I'm,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I go Shuts brain down. dead for
0: about three minutes. Yeah. Fucking I pull it in a lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I don't know. That, that's all I got. You got anything else on on this one, on this album? That's it. That's all. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. You know the drill. Give us five stars and five stars only on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Keep listening. Tell all your friends and family. And uh, yeah, fucking keep listening. And that's it. That's all. Uh-huh,
2: uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Talk to you more.
1: You know, sorting records, yeah. Yeah. In oh, dude. Oh my God. Garage. Can you imagine if Gwen came to my house and started looking at my records? That'd be so great.
0: Oh, dude, she'd be so impressed. <laughs> 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 Seeing all that Engelbert Humperdinck record, all those Engelbert Humperdinck. See all my records? Lawrence Wilkes
1: and everything. For, yeah, for sure.
0: All that, all that shit. Yeah. For sure, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she'd be so impressed. <laughs> okay. So um, but. Uh, Fuck, dude! I don't know. The last time I listened to the title track, "The Sweet Escape," because when that first <laughs> came on, I, dude, I like shit my pants. My jaw <laughs> dropped, and I was just like, "I fucking for!" I cannot believe I went this many years without listening to this song on a weekly basis. Nah, "Sweet Escape" was bigger than "Rich Girl."
0: I don't think so. Yeah.
1: I think "Rich Girl." No, was I'm big. telling you for a fact. I was that. Well, Gwen? you're wrong. Yeah, she just told me that because she's here in my room looking at my collection. She's impressed, by the way. But she said that Sweet Escape was bigger <laughs> than uh, Rich Girl.
0: You know what? I, I, I'm, I'll text Eve a little bit, a little bit later. <laughs> Why would you text Eve? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you don't have Eve's number. Come on. Now I, I, I have Eve's number.
0: I do. I do. I, do. I've, I hung out with her like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Taking a deeper dive into having, into being into in inter- a interracial wow. relationship. That was, interl, that was a tough one. That was a tough one.
1: Interal. Interl. interl,
0: <laughs> interl. <laughs> a lot of L's. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh the song is fucking chaos.
1: Take a chance, you stupido. Love singing that. Oh. Shot oh, every time. Oh.
0: It's the O's.